Welcome and thank you for joining us at Christian International Ministries. Our vision is to help you hear God's voice to change your world. For more information about this and other resources, please visit www.christianinternational.com. I wanted to share something. Uh, It's only about a half hour left of the service, but I wanted to share something. Uh, We've been looking purposely kind of behind us with mom's passing and honoring her and celebrating her life. And I had an amazing dream, uh, not last night, but the night before. And in this dream, I saw Mama Hammond, and it looked like she was getting ready for a conference. And she was telling the singers and the praisers what to sing. She was telling the dancers what to dance. She was telling the, the mime people what to mime. And she was trying to tell me that I needed to sign and demonstrate this song. And I was saying, Mom, Hammond, I don't know how to do that. Uh, I don't want to do that. And she says, you're doing it. Uh, uh, So for those of you that don't know, that sounds just like her. Uh, but anyway, the song, and I, I, I don't, it's not a real song, but the name of the song she wanted me to sign was Stop and Enjoy the Presence of Jesus. And I believe that that was a message for all of us, not as a place of, of non-activity, but as a place of uh, right now, she's, she's touching Jesus uh, in a different way than we're touching him right here. And so she's just trying to tell us what the priority is and what really matters. Amen. So just lift your hand. Father, we all used to having a mom that says, you are going to do this. And so Father, right now, we just accept that into our hearts, Father, into our spirits, into our priorities, into our vulnerabilities, into our transformation, into our commitment, into our disciplines, that we want your presence, that we absolutely adore you, we love you, you are the center of everything we do, you are still the reason today that we get up in the morning and that we live and that we move and we have our being. And God, we just love being here in your presence this morning, but God, we don't leave your presence here. We're going to stop and take recognition of your presence with us every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Mom Hammond was talking to you. Oh, you might as well do this. If Mom Hammond was here, she goes, put your arms around yourself. Doesn't she? And she says, and give yourself a big squeeze. And she says, know this, that this is a hug from me to each one of you. So we receive that. Amen? Now, uh, I don't know if you had time to notice, because we've been so busy this week and preoccupied, but as of Wednesday this week, we entered into the new Hebraic year, Rosh Hashanah. And uh, so I felt it was only right this morning that not only as we've been having a looking backwards and celebrating, that we have a looking forward this morning. But I think that sometimes we have some strong right turns in the spirit, and that feels like a strong right turn this morning. So lay hands on your belly. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we love everything you've done. We love the amazing people that you've brought in our lives and the impact. But God, with everything that we are, we are following you. 
And we declare like Moses, wherever your spirit goes, that's where we're going. And so, God, we ask as a prophetic people, we ask for revelation. We ask for clarity because we want to so purposely cooperate, partner, and reflect you and change our world. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to jump right in. For those of you that don't know what Rosh Hashanah is, that's the uh, Jewish uh, celebration of the new year. Actually, in Jewish tradition, that was uh, said to be the anniversary of the creation of the earth. Not sure how we would validate that, but but that's uh, what it is. And that was as of Wednesday this last week. And that's when God sets up... uh, fresh revelation so that you and I might know how to purposely cooperate with him. That's when he gives us fresh assignments, not your other assignments are over. And that is when he brings forth his focus so that you have a greater fruit for your labor and that you have a greater harvest for your effort. Is there anybody here that would like that? I would like that as well. And so uh, we're starting there. So turn to someone and say, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay. But also, for those of you that understand Hebraic numbers, the year 5775, where we, where we are, this is a decade that is specially important to God's prophetic people because the number seven, the Elan, is uh, to see or to watch or to look. And we're halfway now through this decade, and we have five more years in this place where God is saying, listen, there is a great focus to bring you to another level of clarity, that there is an intensity, there is an expansion, there is a clarifying, there is a cleaning uh, of your vision so that you might be able to see. What happens when you see with more clarity? Let me tell you this. When you see farther on, you can set goals in a greater way. When you have a greater area of sight, you are not doing things by trial and error. You are doing them on purpose. When you have the knowledge of what God is doing, there is an area of boldness and faith that arises on the inside of you that says, I know that I know that I know. And you have the ability to partner with that in a greater way. So we're in that season of sight. So can I just have you lay hands on your eyes this morning? Father, right now, this is not just a noisy prayer making sound in this prophetic house. Father, in this prophetic house, we know that scales have got to fall from our eyes afresh. We know that there were things that were kept for this season that we can't afford not to know. We know that we are ones that have to sound the trumpet and have to make the decrees, and have to be a people of proclamation so that others can even align with what you're saying. So, Father, right now, we're praying this morning, as this is, we're right in the middle of our decade of new clarity and prophetic sight. Father, we ask that we would not be behind, we would not be delayed, we would not be limited in the name of Jesus, and we call forth a level of upgrading us in our sight. Father, in accordance to what you have said, in the name of Jesus, dreams, visions, spiritual sight, amen. Amen. 
Now, I just want to say this. If we're going to see with a greater clarity, the first thing that we see with a greater clarity is Jesus Christ. It always starts with there. So we see him in a greater way. And he said to Philip, he says, uh, how, uh, I've been with you all this time and you don't know me. You're supposed, we're supposed to be able to see him in a greater way. But Jesus goes on to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Isn't that right? And so I believe with our prophetic sight, first of all, it brings a new level of relationship and it brings a new level of our ability to see him. And what happens when we have a greater ability to see him? The word of God tells us this. It says, when I can see him as he is, I then have the ability to be transformed into his image. And I don't know about you, I just had my 60th birthday last week, and the older I get, the more desirous and excited I am about getting more transformed. And so I hope you feel the same way. So we're in that elevated vision and promoted vision of knowing Jesus. And so uh, number five is a uh, number, a pictorial number that means grace. Seven means uh, the perfect number for God. In the year 5775, we've got two sevens, so we're going to have a perfect expansion of seeing God. Do you like that? I like that one a lot. But this is where I wanted to get to this morning. You know, Hebraic characters possess pictorial meanings, and the, the five is the hay. And can I just share with you what that means? It's the window. It's the looking and watching. If you've seen what it looks like, it looks like a little man with his hands uplifted, hands uplifted. But it's also the beholding something great, and it's also what is being revealed. And if you don't catch anything else, catch this this morning. We are transitioning from the season of the open door to crossing the threshold of the open door to being able to look through the window. And we're at a place where there is clarity. I don't know about you, but there's some open doors that I have came to in this last season that I didn't even know what was on the other side of the threshold. I knew God had brought me to open door, and I was just hoping I'd get across it and not miss my season. How about you? I mean, that was, that was it. But I didn't have all the clarity that I wanted to have. But I believe in this season that we're entering into, we will not only have the threshold available for us to cross over, we've got the door to be able to see. Now, for the last few weeks, I get in the car, and that's one of my key places of praise and worship. And every time I would get in the car, I'd begin to sing. And you don't want me to sing, so I'll just tell you the the words. But it's, um, we shall behold him. We shall behold him. You know, in, in all of his glory, we shall behold him. But one of the words for hay at this season is to behold. And I believe that that is such a key word. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit right now not to make that a word that you have a definition for, but I'm asking the Holy Spirit right now, would he take that word behold and would he just engraft it on the inside of you for this season that there might be the... (gasps) awe of behold, that there might be the stop and look, that there might be the awareness of the announcement, but there also might be the amazing looking that you know something new is on the agenda. So, Father, right now, we ask, 
We ask for the impartation of behold, 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 in the name of Jesus, amen. Now, um, I'm going to make a little bit of a jump right here for the sake of time. And I think I could do that. But um, I believe that behold is the position of the father of the prodigal son. Is there anybody here that you have family members that you have been believing, that have known the Lord, that are not currently serving the Lord, that, uh, that you have been praying and that you've been believing for? I'm just going to ask you to stand up where you are. And that's probably the majority of us in the room. We all have someone... I don't want to hurry through this, but Father, right now, we are not going to get informed without having the release that goes with it. And so, Father, right now, I pray this morning, just as the father of the prodigal son stood in a position of watching and beholding and looking, Father, not in a place of doubt, not in a place of hurt, but in a place of expectancy and faith, Father, we release Father, a fresh level within your people right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, you have heard our cry for our family ones and for our loved ones. Right now, Father, we're asking that you would arrest them right where they are in the fullness of your mercy. And Father, just pull their hearts towards you. And everything that seems to be halting, limiting, confusing and delaying. We command those assignments to be broken right now in the name of Jesus. And we just say, God, release our family, release our legacy. And we call forth the fruits of beholding in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated for a second. Um, personally believe that this is what God is saying in the the church, but I believe this is what God is saying to this church this morning, Revelations 3.8. The church in Philadelphia, they received a very favorable commendation uh, from God, from heaven. And he said this to them. He says, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no man can shut. Listen, this is not saying anything negative. I know you have a little strength, yet you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. Now, that is a kind of a bit of a confusing scripture to read sometimes, especially when you're a house that you have a war cry within the midst of you. You know how to fight. You know how to do all of those things. But Jesus did not say, come on, just keep fighting. Just keep going. We already know that, don't we? We already know that. But Jesus said instead, he says, Behold, an open door of opportunity that only I could open and only I could shut for you. I know we've got a lot of visitors this morning, but let me share with you the vision that I had during worship. I live in the UK. It is, uh, I have, uh, last year, my husband and I went and we watched these sheepdog trials. You know, that's where you have the, the, the little uh, uh, sheepdog that herds all the sheep through its maneuvers and through the gates, and it, it brings them all to a central location. Oh, Tom and Jane, I saw the Holy Spirit herding people into this house. I saw that there was a work of the Holy Spirit 
not to fill the chairs, not for any idea of what more success or more influence would be. But I saw because of the message, the heart, the spirit, the anointing, the family, the connection that the Spirit of God was bringing forth. And there was a hurting that had begun this morning that he is bringing. So can you just agree with me? I believe he always looks for a people on earth that agrees with him when he brings a revelation. And Tom and Jane, Pastor Tom and Jane know, in all the years I've known them, I don't say things like that. And I'm not a fluffy person or says something to make others feel good. That, that, that isn't what I do. I'm not a mean person either, but I mean, I, that I, I don't, you don't want to just say something that, that has no weight or no ability to measure the success in a, in a short amount of time. And so father, lift your hands. Father, right now we agree. Father, we agree with the revelation and father don't even know the fullness of this, but there's a hurting by the Holy Spirit of sheep that don't know where to go on their own. Father, right now, we just open up the gates just like they do in those trials, those sheep herding trials. We open up the gates in this place at this address for this time. And we just say, welcome, Holy Spirit, bring them on in. Welcome. You need to say that too. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Bring them on in. In the name of Jesus, amen. You know, uh, let me just say, well done, because God trusts your heart to be able to love a whole lot more people. See, isn't that amazing what the Spirit of God uh, does? Now I'm going to move ahead. Genesis 17, 4 through 7. Again, it's the year 5775. I want to talk about Abraham's uh, fifth encounter with the Holy Spirit. The Lord had just said he has an open door that we couldn't have opened on our own. We couldn't have shut on our own. This is his timing, and he is doing this. But, but at this fifth encounter with Abram and God, God says, As for me, behold, repeat after me, behold, my covenant is with you. And you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. Wonderful promise of God. But when God changed Abram's name to Abraham, he inserted in the middle of his name that five, that hey. He inserted right there the grace to do what Abram could never do on his own. I believe that when we're in this season... There are things that the Spirit of God has spoken to you individually. There's things that the Spirit of God has given you directives corporately. There's things that you've been holding on with hope. And there's some things that you're holding on with faith. There's some things you're wondering if have passed you by. But just like God put right in the middle of Abraham's name that hey right in there and changed his name where the man was impossible to accomplish what God had given him. He had no ability to bring forth a son, no ability to bring forth children. 
and God puts that hey right in the middle of his name, and all of a sudden, with that five, that hey, he has the grace to accomplish what God had called him to do that he could not do a moment ago. This is an impartation moment. Lift your hands. Father, right now, there is not one of us in this room that can fulfill even a portion of what you've called us to. And we acknowledge that. Father, there's not one of us in here that thinks if it was dependent upon us that we could even cross uh, that finish line. But Father, we are a people that believe that there is a grace, there is a miraculous working power that is being imparted and invested in us right now that has the ability to take where we could not do it, that now there's that ability to bring that to pass in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we speak to those areas of impossibility, and we say, receive that grace of this season. We speak to that area of disappointment, and we say, receive that grace for this season. Oh, just Uh, uh, Apostle Leon, as your hand was just lifted up, the Spirit of God says, Son, I am investing a grace within the midst of you. The Lord says, Son, you have been like Abraham, and you have just put your Isaac upon the altar, says God. And the Lord says, Son, he says, you got to the place where you say, God, doesn't matter to me whether you stay my hand or not. I only want to make sure that I'm in the fullness of your will right now. And the Spirit of God says, Son, I have always been better to you than you've been to yourself, says God. And the Lord says, son, just like I stayed the hand of Abraham, the Lord says, son, you are not going to release a death blow to anything around about you, says the Lord. And the Spirit of God says, son, he says, out of the impossible situations, out of all the statistics, why you can give me that things will not work and things will not break through, the Lord says, but me, and I will be the hay. I will be the grace in the midst of you. And the Spirit of God says, son, he says there's even come a mental and an emotional debate in this last season where you said, God, I don't want to finish my days feeling like I'm a failure and things winding down rather than winding up to their highest area of fulfillment. And the Spirit of the Lord says, oh man of God, I have made covenant with you, says the Lord. And I will not let, says the Lord. He says the things that I have said He says, fall, and I will not let them spiral down. For even now, says the Lord, there's a spiraling up, just like when David, uh, just like when Jacob and I wrestled, says the Lord. There was a spiraling up, and there was an opening of the heavens. And the Lord says, I stood there with my approval. And the Spirit of God says, son, my approval is upon you, says the Lord. This is my message this morning, but Bishop Hammond and I were talking a couple weeks ago, and he says, Sharon, remember when I lost that property I had? Was it Texas that he lost it? He says, Sharon, I was heartbroken. I was devastated. I felt like a fraud. I felt like a failure. I had lost all of God's money, and he said that he had given me, and God wouldn't even talk to me about it for six months. And then he said, finally, God spoke to me, and I said, God, why did we lose all this money? God said, I didn't lose any money. He says, I invested it into your character because I can give you buildings, lands, and properties in a moment 
it, but I cannot give you. He says the ability to carry all of those things in a moment. And the Spirit of God says, son, you stand with a new Samson strength upon you today, says the Lord. And the Lord says, son, he says, I am going to cause. He says for you to be one. He says that realizes I can shift all those other things now in a moment, says the Lord. For the Spirit of God says, do not call something difficult that is not difficult to me. And everybody give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Sometimes it's nice when you haven't got to be together very much because you don't know what's going on in each other's life. Isn't that right? You kind of, uh, and and God God can use that. And so what Abraham alone was powerless to do, God made it possible. Now I'm going to look at the global picture. We're in 5775, and I can finish this in less than five minutes. In Psalm 74 was last season when we were in 5774. I'm going to compare it to Psalm 74. In Psalm 74, this is where they're pleading for help because they had a repressive, cruel uh, oppression around about them. They had the attacks of the enemy. And they said, Oh God, why have you cast us off forever? It says the enemy roar. Has anybody heard the enemy roaring on the news lately? It says, and they said in their hearts, let us destroy them altogether. I believe that on a global scene that there is a sound because of the repressive cruelty that's going on. Attacks of the enemy. People are feeling like God has cast them off. They're hearing the enemy's roar. And they said uh, uh, in their hearts, uh, others are saying they're going to destroy us. But listen, that chapter closes with the psalmist summoning God to do something. And he says, arise, O God, and plead your cause. Do not neglect the voice of your enemies. And then we're in the year 5775. In chapter 75, the psalmist begins by thanking God for his response. So in verse 1, it says, we give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks For your wondrous works, declare that your name is near. Verse 7, God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. That's what he's thanking God for, the enemy being put down. Verse 10, the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. I believe we know that in the last days things get darker, but things get brighter with the glory of God too. But as it is with Abraham... In all of these impossible things that are going on in the world today, as with Abraham, God is going to cause his grace to be seen on the scene to do what man cannot do on their own, what NATO cannot do on their own, what Obama cannot do on his own. He is still going to release a grace in this season. It doesn't make everything flowery and wonderful, but it makes us expect it, and it causes us to be a people that choose to see that we were thankful and we are grateful to a God that watched what the enemy was doing and fulfilled his promises with us in the earth. So can you lay hands on your eyes one more time? Father, I pray for these people. Father, we of all people, have to make deliberate choices of where we want our vision. Not that we're tunnel-visioned, but, Father, that we choose what we believe. 
Father, we choose that when we can see nothing happening, we still believe in the unseen. Father, when we hear the horrible reports, when we see the work of murderous spirits, Father, we believe that you are a God that brings life, and you bring life abundantly. And so, God, we're asking you to circumcise our eyes that we might be a people that are able, just like this psalmist said, we give you thanks, O God, for your wondrous works and that your name is near and you can do what we're powerless to do. Amen? This is my conclusion. I'm aware of what time it is. Oh, okay. In the year 5775, did you notice 57 and 75? That's a mirror year. 5775. So what happens when you look in a mirror? When you look in a mirror, you you see yourself, but you can also see what's behind you. So in a mirror year, you have not only the ability to see the clarity of reflection close up, to see yourself. But you have the ability to see behind you. I want to challenge you in this area. You're going to have to be careful you don't get trapped by old cycles and things behind you in this mirror year, old behavior that might limit you. At the same time, we are meant to have a greater sense of our identity and who we are in Christ and what we're called to do individually, corporately, the eternal purposes, our individual uh, uh, directives. And so when we see in this mirror year, not only things wonderfully close up, but some of us really need to be able to see a clarity of where we come from because there's a momentum of the Holy Spirit. See, he didn't just start working in you yesterday. Every prophecy you had is not to give you a right turn and a left turn. It's not to give you a different direction. It's meant to give you a progressive installment to bring you to a place of conclusion and fulfillment that is bigger than what you could have ever expected. But when you have the sense of the continuity in this mirror year, being able to see where you came from, there is a rolling forward momentum that is gaining and is going to have the ability to carry you into cross those thresholds and where you have only been able to see through that window that the Spirit of God is bringing you. And so the Spirit of God is a unique place of looking forward, of looking back, but not being limited by what's behind you. And this is not my message, but I just have to say this. I just felt like we had someone in this room that there was such a burden of shame. Shame is a ugly strategy of the enemy. And Jesus already carried our shame. Well, you can't do anything about it. You can't change your past. You cannot do it again with the help of God, but you can't go back and change that. So Father, wherever that is, whether it touches a few or whether it touches one, Father, I just pray for that lifting and that breaking of that yoke of shame right now in the name of Jesus. And we break that disability factor. Amen. So most of the time when we look toward any new season, we quote Isaiah 43, 19, where we forget the former things and we only look to the things that are ahead. But in a mirror year, you don't forget the former things. So there is a greater 
broader sense of what the Spirit of God is doing and that continuity and that momentum that he is bringing us forward in. And so God wants us to behold him in a new way. And there's a couple things that I want to share that I believe are some new ways that we're going to behold him. And I'm just going to declare this over you, and you're going to have to pray it over yourself. Isaiah 54.1, sing, O barren, and you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married one, says the Lord. I believe one of the ways that we are going to see the Lord in a new way is all of those things that would not birth, they'll be birthed. But what he's declaring is you're going to look through the window and you are now going to be able to see the signs of the harvest because harvest really has begun. And this is a season where there's going to be that birthing and that coming forth. And if you notice also the double sevens in 5775, it's about seeing the perfect God in an expanded way. That means maybe I don't know every way or every reflection or everything about God yet. That means I'm going to be teachable and I'm going to learn. And I heard the Spirit of God say something this morning. It was, I mean, not that it wasn't already attending a, a, a tender and touching time during worship and, and uh, celebrating a Mom Hammond's home going. Uh, if, if, if that wasn't tender enough, you know, when you stand there in the vulnerability of worship going, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh, no, you know, I'm not taking care of my heart. Oh, I hurt for mom. You know, you, you definitely go through all of those, those emotions when you're in the midst of that. But the Lord spoke to me this morning about all the prayers, not talking about all over the world. I'm talking about here from this area and from many of us that are, that are, that are connected in different ways about all the prayers that went forth for mom. The Lord spoke to me and he says, can my word go forth without accomplishing what it was sent to do? Hmm. And we say, of, of course it can't go forth without accomplishing what it was sent to do. But God, we believe your timing overrode our timing with mom. Right? I mean, I think that, that's not a back door. I think that's wisdom in saying that. But listen to what the Spirit of God said. The Spirit of God says, the prayer of the saints and the prayer of the faith is still living and alive and listen, it's been directed toward the Hammond family, not that you don't need an uh, individual miracle here. The Lord told me that he was releasing the prayers for Evelyn to Lucas this morning. It says that we're going to see him in a new way. I don't have a theology for that. I don't have a theology for what I just said this morning. But did you hear what God said? He says, I am releasing the prayers that you did not see accomplished in Mom Hammond's body, into Lucas's body. Stand with me. Is it okay if we're not having a morning of a bunch of individual prophecies that we just kind of the impartation and alignment for the season? I think I see Jason holding Lucas back there. Can you stretch toward them in this back corner? I know there's a special prayer time coming up, right, and soon. But, Father, right now, 
All we can say is we are a people that agree with you. Father, right now, if you are redirecting those prayers to perform what they were sent to do, bring healing, to bring resurrection, to bring quality of life, Father, we agree and we release those to Lucas right now in the name of Jesus. Can you just repeat after me and say, we agree to redirect our prayers. Be released in Lucas. And we reap on behalf of our families as well.